new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 8th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into. Uh, let's start with in less than an hour. Uh, so those are you, those of you that are not watching or listening to the live broadcast, by the time you are uh, listening to the show, this might be official. But uh, three-star offensive lineman Miles Walker uh, we'll make his announcement at 11 a.m. Eastern today. Um, all signs point to him being a Buckeye. Jay Book, people might say, okay, kid from Connecticut, number 38 offensive tackle in the country. Uh, you know, what are the Buckeyes doing here? But you got to look at the offer list. I mean, Texas A&M really wanted him. Penn State really wanted him. You took visits to those schools and others. Um, feel like he's a little underrated, 6'6", 285. Uh, your thoughts on the Buckeyes likely landing Miles Walker later today. Yeah, it looks like they're going to get him. Uh, I know a lot of Ohio State fans, they look at what Ohio State's doing, the recruiting rise with Brian Hartline and wide receivers and defensive backs where you're getting um, the high four and five-star guys. Now we're in a situation to where they're looking at the offensive line and saying, where are we at with getting those national um, type of offensive tackles that are you know top 10 in their position? So this guy, yes, he's he may have uh, uh offer list that's pretty good. He he's still rated fairly low. I'm curious to see where 24-7 ranks him with their upcoming rankings in the next two weeks here. But anytime that you can battle Texas AM uh for a top recruit, you have to like that. I do think he's going to be one of those type of recruits that's that will need to be developed. Uh they identified him. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this is a, a gym a guy that they were able to find up in the Northeast corner there in Connecticut. And they're going to be able to, you know, get him ready to go. My only concern is Dave is we've seen several other, some of these guys that, you know, has the size may not be as highly ranked on the offensive line that we were recruiting under stud. And we're still just kind of waiting for those guys to, to pop. We just need one or two of them to really step up to the plate and show that they can play at this level. So fingers crossed that Miles uh, Walker can be one of those kids. All right. So where are you at right now on Justin Fry as a recruiter early somewhat in his tenure? Uh, maybe not even that early, depending on who you talk to anymore after a few months. Uh, but uh, you know, got here in January. I think he's going to do a great job with the offensive line. Got the three Ohio kids. You know, I think it's fortunate for Ohio State that uh, three of the top five players in the state of Ohio for 2023 are offensive linemen, and they landed all of them. Not likely to land Miles Walker. They want to get one more. Uh, I know we need to see like when the dust settles uh, for early signing period. But right now, where are you at with Justin Fry as a recruiter? Are you confident in him or, no, or not so much? 
It's it's tough right now, Dave. I mean, because there there is one segment of the fan base that says you need to give him at least one year to see what he can do um, as the as the position coach. But then you also have the defensive coaches who've only been here for a year and they're crushing it. And the reason I say that is because the defensive side of the football has been historically bad for the last two years. And because of that, you would think that the defensive coaching staff will have a much harder time being able to recruit on that side of the football, uh, especially being new to the staff. But that's not the case. You're seeing uh, an excellent defensive back class. It looks like they're going to hit uh, at some of the linebackers that they've been targeting. So even though you're coming off a uh, historically bad defense, they're still recruiting at a high level on that side of the football. Yeah, the offensive line last year under stud didn't play up to his potential, but we're not very far removed where we had a, a rushing attack that ran for 3,000 and a passing attack for 4,000. So it's not like Ohio State offensive line has been historically bad. It's still going to be operating in Ryan Day's offense. So it's kind of puzzling to see Justin Fry kind of struggle with some of his top targets. I know the kid that they had from overseas um, offensive tackle, there's some smoke coming that he may be leaning towards Alabama. And if that's the case, that could be another big time miss for Justin Fry. So I'm torn. I'm saying, yeah, you know, he does need a, he, he does need a little bit more time, but at the same time, you're seeing guys who are new to the program, really hitting it out of the park. All right. So the main part of the show, we talked about the offensive line, you know, Buckeyes are going to land miles Walker today. I'm going to go 99.9% on that. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm being maybe a little conservative there. I'll just say that. Um, but the main part of the show today is going to be talking about defensive line recruiting. And we're going to talk about Larry Johnson. He's a legend. Um, I don't know how much longer he wants to coach or will coach, but uh, you know, nearing the end of his career, I'm sure. And uh, I'm sure that's being negatively, being negatively recruited um these guys that ohio state's in on but it's beginning to pick up we're gonna get into that jason moore we'll talk about john walker desmond yumazolulu i knew i was gonna mess that up desmond um we'll go with that <laughs> um, the, the, the big dn the lanky dn from uh, upper marlboro uh maryland we'll get into all those guys specifically but um where are you at on larry johnson right now are you a bit concerned even though he's a legend uh, both as a coach and a recruiter, um, or you feel like, hey, they're about, you know, they're about ready to go on a nice recruiting run here in July on the defensive line. Where are you at, Jay Book? Yeah, I'm, I think Larry Johnson's going to have another tremendous haul. I know a lot of people were questioning, like, hey, what's up, Larry? Does he still have the juice out there on the recruiting trail? And I always tell people, don't worry about Larry. He's Mr. Consistent. He's going to get his guys. It may not happen early on in the process. Larry's really big in building the relationship, so he usually comes on strong late. But I'm actually surprised about where they're going to be standing with the with the top three guys um, right now that could be that could be coming off the board in July. As you mentioned, um, you know Jason Moore, what a big time steal this looks like it's going to be coming from the same score. Chase Young, six six defensive end, could be one of those inside outside type of guys. Going into the Ohio State visit, I know our own Bill Curlick was saying he thought that it was going to be an Ohio State versus Notre Dame battle. A lot of people felt that Notre Dame was leading uh, in this recruitment, and then boom, he takes that visit. He's a quiet kid, 
you don't get a whole lot from them. And now once those crystal balls start rolling in towards Ohio State and he announced that he's going to be committing this weekend, that kind of tells you where you're going to what you're going to get. So I'm happy about that. You know, that's a top 10 position guy. To me, John Walker is critical. That's your 310 SEC type of defensive tackle that's going to be able to plug the middle. I would say the defensive tackle has been somewhat the, the weakness for Larry Johnson when it comes to recruiting those big, massive uh, guys that can really move the pocket. Uh, he's done an excellent job of recruiting the defensive end. But if you can get John Walker to pair him with Desmond, boom, you got three high-end defense alignment. Now you're sitting back and you're, you're waiting to finish it with a cherry on top with Mateo out of, out of California. And I like where Ohio State's at with him. He, I know he recently had an interview with one of the 24-7 sites where he said he wants to sit back and watch how the defense operates this year. And to me, that's a good sign because if he, if he wants to sit back and watch what Ohio State is doing on the defensive side of the football, he just wants to say, okay, you guys are telling me this is how you're going to use me. You're telling me that I'm going to come in and play the role of JT Tuamalu I want to see how you're actually going to use him and actually see how good the defense is going to be. And if Ohio State can live up to those expectations and feel at least a competent defense, I think they can also bring Mateo into the fold. And then at the same time, you know, Dave, the if you really want to hit it out the park and get greedy, go all in. Keon Keeley, the Notre Dame commit, five-star defense to end. I know they're fighting like heck to try to get him on an official visit for the Notre Dame game. Uh, and Notre Dame's fighting to try to prevent him from going to that game. But I would love to see them at least try to get uh, Keon Keeley back on the, on the, in the fold, on the campus, especially for that Notre Dame game. All right, we're going to circle back in a moment on Jason Moore. I do want to talk more about him. You touched on him. Uh, again, he's going to announce Sunday, and it looks good for the Buckeyes. We'll, go, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, real quick on John Walker, he's the one I really, really want. Even though, I mean, I mean, both – I mean, Jason Moore is a top 60 overall player. John Walker, top 100. Um, both I consider them high four stars. But John Walker, I love these true, you know, yeah. defensive tackles. Because, I, I, I mean, I, hopefully they can land both of them. Jason Moore is a specimen at 6'6", you know, 255 already. Uh, can right. play on the edge, can play inside, and he's just, you know, you know that piece and De- of, and Desmond's old, but you know that yeah. John Walker, I really, really want him. You think they're going to land him? I think they will. Um, and Desmond, uh, um, uh, it's hard to say his name. A muscles Luzulu, but he's six six two forty as well. Omeo Zulu, Omeo Zulu, and he's he's put he's put on uh, about twenty pounds this off season as well. He was a real skinny kid, just long and lanky. He was about six six. I think he said about 215 or so. Now he's up to about two, uh, 240 um, this offseason. So you have to like to where he's going to potentially grow. I really like John Walker, Dave. I really like his game. Going into the deep south, pulling a, a, a 310 defensive tackle, that is extremely hard to do. I know, you know, Florida's amping up. Uh, Derek Williams here said Florida's NIL is going to be a factor. Florida's finally starting to open up the purse strings here for John Walker. So I think that Ohio State will definitely have their battle cut out for them. But I just think at the end of the day, when you come off that Ohio State visit and you already set an announcement date, 
chances are those kids already know where they're actually going to go because I think it was probably a few days after he left Ohio State and then he turned around and said, this is when I'm going to commit towards the end of July. So right now, if you're Ohio State, you have to feel good, uh, but don't sleep on Florida. They are, he is, you know, a local kid there. They are going to try to um, put the bag out there for him. Florida starting to pick up the recruitment, but you pair that with the guys that they got last year with the, you know, your Kenyatta Jackson and your Amari Obar and your Hero Canoe in last year's class and your Caden Curry. You have to look at Larry Johnson. That's why I say he is Mr. Consistent. He is doing an excellent job. You know what you're going to get from him. And if he can go in there, finish with uh, Desmond, finish with Jason Moore, do what he does best in the DMV area. That's all you can ask for from Larry Johnson while we sit and wait and try to hit it out the park with your five-star guys in Mateo and uh, Keeley. All right. As promised, real quick, I want to circle back on Jason Moore. Um, It's huge. I mean, he's going to announce on Sunday. All signs are pointing to the Buckeyes. I mean, he had a lot of big boys that wanted him. Um, One of the top players in the nation, again, knocking on the door to be a top 50 overall player in the country, the number five defensive lineman in the country. Uh, again, six foot six, 255 pounds, an absolute specimen. Um, gonna announce on Sunday a young man from Chase Young's high school, DeMatha Catholic, there in the DC area. Um, so, again, I mean, as somebody said earlier in the comments, uh, Geo did it or Geo did. I, I don't want to screw up a, a longtime Bucknutters uh, username. Geo did pointed out, hey, Larry Johnson's the reason that they're going to land. Uh, this young man on Sunday. So um, now I'm yeah. sure there's other reasons as well, but Jason Moore, you know, is probably going to be a Buckeye largely because of Larry Johnson. Maybe, he, maybe Larry Johnson's telling him, Hey, I'm at least going to be here for two more years. Who knows? Right. Or longer. Just your they, thoughts. The Buckeyes probably landing Jason Moore on Sunday. I, I definitely think um, that's a lot, but how big is, are these defense alignment nowadays, Dave? <laughs> I mean, Right. You're talking about two, a pair of two uh, six six defensive ends there, a 310 pound defensive tackle, and you and you look at at Mateo, he's six four, two fifty five, and he's on the smaller end of those guys. So, I, I think if Ohio State can just kind of uh, keep Larry as long as possible, just give him that that lifetime contract until he's ready to retire. As you mentioned, Ohio, Ohio State will always get negative recruited. When it comes to the defensive line, other schools saying Larry's only going to be there for so long. Um, but I think that as long as Larry's happy, and I we we did a, a post on the on the boarding house, you know, coming out of out of winter ball, and a lot of indication were was Larry was energized. He he really liked what Jim Knowles was bringing to the table. It was a stressful situation under Combs and the defense not performing up to the expectations those previous two years, but having a grizzled veteran back there and, and Jim Knowles and the excitement that the defense is going to bring to the table, I think it really rejuvenated Larry. I think that it was a situation this past offseason. There were a lot of questions if Larry was going to retire. There was some smoke that said that he may hang it up, but I think just, just bringing in those guys on the defensive side of football has really rejuvenated him. All right, and we uh, we did touch on this, but uh, yeah, our, our guy Desmond, as, as we'll call him, looks like he's going to be a Buckeye. So um, yeah, um, let me clear this off of here. Yeah, he's saying Geo did is, is commenting that Jason Moore's a great kid from a great family. We were assuming that you know him personally, Geo did. So that's pretty cool. 
He said he's the type of young man that all Buckeye fans would want to be a Buckeye. So that's great to hear. Um, as we mentioned, um, again, the Buckeyes are the leader for another four-star in Desmond. Omezulu. Oh, I started getting cocky there. Omezulu. <laughs> Desmond, four-star from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Looks like he's going to be a Buckeye. Um, so this July could be the month of defensive lineman for the Buckeyes uh, in the 2023 class, and we are here for it. Larry Johnson's going to be like, how you like me now? Don't count right. out the legend. All right, let's get into this. We've had some uh, a lot of users comment about uh, conference expansion. One person said, you know, Jay Books commented a lot on this. So open-ended question. Um, let's try and like kind of just uh, look into crystal ball, like maybe what's next in conference expansion. What do you think Notre Dame's end game is? And what do you think the end games are for the Big Ten and the SEC, Jay Book? I mean, there's so many reports out there, Dave. It's hard to know what is real, what is not. But to me, personally, I, I understand where the Big Ten is saying Oregon and Washington may not bring as much revenue to the pot that they're looking for as Notre Dame. But to me, if Notre Dame wants in, fine. But you're not going to come in here with a sweetheart deal. Right. There's no there's no type of special treatment for Notre Dame. The Big Ten has thrived because Ohio State makes the exact same amount as Rutgers. Ohio State makes the exact same amount as Maryland. If Ohio State really wanted to flex their muscles, they could have, you know, acted like Texas and got out of line and said, we, we demand more for the simple fact that Ohio State has carried a conference for so many years. So to me, I think if Notre Dame wants to come in, you're going to have to fall in line with everybody else. You're going to get the same amount of money as Rutgers. You're going to get the same amount of money as USC. There's no special treatment. Um, and I think at the end of the day, Big Ten has to leverage, Dave, because if we're truly going to a two-team conference here and ACC schools are looking to potentially join the SEC, that's going to back Notre Dame into an actual corner. I know there's there's some talk about Big 12 really trying to go after the two Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, Washington, Oregon. I think it would be a strategic mistake letting Oregon go to – uh, the Big 12, I think Oregon's football branding actually has something to contribute, especially with Phil Knight. So I can see where they say, hey, Oregon may not bring a whole lot to the table, but I don't think the Big 10 is going to stop at 16 teams. Give me Oregon. And then at that point, leave the door open for Notre Dame to come on in. But the question, I, I can see a situation where Notre Dame says, hey, we're not going to come unless you bring Stanford or somebody like that. And uh, the NBC money is peanuts compared to what the Big Ten could be making. I mean, what's Notre Dame deal like $35, $38 million is set to expire. And then the Big Ten teams are going to be making $100 plus million every year as that continues to escalate. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing them go down south, Dave. Maybe go get a North Carolina. Maybe try to get uh, someone in the south so that you can just kind of get some more eyeballs down there in that southern region. Here's my thing on it. Like in a perfect world, I would say, you know, Big Ten just stay at 16, SEC stay at 16, everybody chill out. Um, obviously, there's going to be some type of deal where now like, the Big 12 actually has some, uh, you know, they're, they're actually in a solid place right now because nobody wants anybody in the Big 12, including the four teams are about ready to add. So then they're they're in a place of power because now they can maybe add some of the schools in the Pac-12, assuming the Pac-12 dissolves. Um 
But I, I think that that's just a utopian, you know, unrealistic viewpoint that the Big Ten is going to stay at 16 because I don't think the SEC is going to stay at 16. But I think, yeah. again, just like I believe Texas and Oklahoma, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. I think pretty much everybody does. Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC forced the Big Ten's hand for USC and UCLA to join and make it 16. Now, if the SEC goes out and adds, let's say they add Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, Florida State, or whoever to make it 20, that might force the Big Ten's hand. But I do think this. I think if you're North Carolina, you'd much rather be in the Big Ten than the SEC. Same thing with Virginia. So I don't know, man. I think the end game, my point here is I think the end game for the Big Ten and the SEC are 20 teams each. I hope not. But I feel pretty strongly about it. What are your thoughts? I, I think it. I think it'll definitely get to twenty because if the SEC goes in there and makes a move, and if the reports are somewhat true, and the SEC pulls a Miami, a Clemson, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina, the Big Ten has no other choice but to respond. What if I was Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey? I would. I would have a handshake deal and says until Notre Dame actually decides to join the conference. We won't schedule them. Let them let them go and fill their schedule up with Mac schools and Navy and Army and see how much they actually bring to the table when it comes to playing some of the big boys. And if you're on a playoff committee, also make it mandatory to where you get an automatic bid for winning your conference. So now if you're Notre Dame, what incentive do you have for not joining an actual conference? And I was listening to the uh, Heather Dinich on the ESPN college football podcast. And she talked to the athletic director Swarbrick over at Notre Dame. And he laid out three points that he thought will force Notre Dame to join the conference. The first one was uh, TV rights. If for whatever reason, their deal with NBC goes up in the smokes, you know, come 2024, 2025, then that can force their hand Two playoff expansion. With playoff expansion, looking to uh, with the playoff committee looking to expand, will it be a difficult road for Notre Dame to actually get into the playoff being an independent? That's to be determined because if you're talking about having uh, automatic bids, if you win your conference, that's less opportunities for Notre Dame. And three, if the financial value was so significant that it forces Notre Dame's hand. So if you're talking about you know, like as I mentioned earlier, school like Rutgers making 70 million more than Notre Dame, then that could be a situation to where it forces their hand. And then there's also the aspect of it of most athletic departments are separate from the university when it comes to their budget. So if you're Ohio State, you're completely separate than Notre than the actual university when it comes to your budgeting purposes. It's different at Notre Dame. The athletic department and this university are all rolled in together. There are some reports starting to trickle out that the athletic program is costing the university more money than what they were expecting, meaning that the university is losing more money because of the Notre Dame athletic department. And that may be one of the backdrops that forces Notre Dame to say, why would we leave 70 million of money on the table every year. The math doesn't make sense. The ACC deal is going to get blown up if some of those teams decided to lose. And even if it doesn't get blown up, they're tied into 2035 and they're going to be making, you know, half 
if they're lucky, half of what the Big Ten and the SEC are making. So, yeah, Notre Dame, you got your little puny NBC deal, uh, and you're loyal to that. You, you, you may get a couple, you know, $5 bills from the ACC conference, but you're not really making that big boy type of money that, you're, that you could potentially make if you're in the Big Ten. Great insights, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. And thank you to all the listeners out there and viewers out there for tuning into the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.